three minutes a day, costs nothing, help me get better at almost anything. Sounds too good to be true. Half the people that start doing this quit within two weeks. And they do not quit because it does not work. They quit because it does work. Top leaders, meaningful conversation, actionable advice, bulldoze complacency, ignite inspiration, create impact. Produced by Southwestern Family of Companies. This is the Action Catalyst. Are you interested in advertising with the Action Catalyst? Our listeners could be hearing about your brand right here, right now. For details, shoot us an email at info at theactioncatalyst.com. I am honored and excited to introduce to you to literally a man who has been ranked the number one thinker in the world by Thinkers 50, uh, is regularly recognized as the number one executive uh, coach in the world by publications like Inc. and Forbes and Harvard Business Review. And he has best-selling books, one I'm sure many of you have probably heard of, What Got You Here Won't Get You There. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Marshall Goldsmith. Marshall, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for inviting me. What is a trigger, Marshall? Can you just kind of give us a background on that? Yeah. A, a trigger is any stimulus that may impact our behavior. Uh, my general theory is almost all of us have a great plan of who we want to be in life, yet we don't implement that plan very well. Day to day, we're barraged by triggers from our environment that kind of throw us off target in many cases. And that's what the book is about, how to deal with these triggers. Mm-hmm. You made a statement our environments are willpower reduction machines. I, exactly right. We grossly overestimate the importance of willpower and our own willpower capabilities, and we grossly underestimate our need for help. So as we journey through life, I go through uh, many, many reasons of why we don't achieve the goals that we set. Let me just give you one as an example. And years ago, my biggest client was Johnson & Johnson. And I'm probably one of the few speakers you've ever heard that's gotten research from tens of thousands of people who have been to my courses. And I measure, do they do what I teach and do they achieve positive change over time? I published an article about this called Leaders, Leadership is a Contact Sport. So if any of your listeners would like this, send me an email, marshall at marshallgoldsmith.com or go to my website and I'll send it so you can see it. 86,000 people and showed if people do the stuff, they get better. If they don't, not surprisingly, they don't change. Uh-huh. Well, I interviewed people at Johnson & Johnson, 98% said they would do what I taught. A year later, 70% had done something and 30% zero, not even one minute. Which, by the way, I'm not ashamed of this. I'm proud of this. 70% of 2,000 people is 1,400 people getting evaluated by 10 coworkers each. That's a lot of people getting better. Well, I asked some people that did nothing, why, you did, why didn't you do anything? And their answer had to do with the dream that sounds like this. I'm incredibly busy right now. If pressures of work and home and new technology that follows me everywhere, I feel about as busy as I ever have. Sometimes I feel overcommitted. Every now and again, my life feels just a little bit out of control. But you know, I'm working on some very unique and special challenges right now. And I think the worst of this is going to be over in about four or five months. And then I'm going to take two or three weeks and get organized and spend some time with the family and begin my new healthy life program. And after sure. that, everything's going to be different and it will not be crazy anymore. Right. One of the, the dynamics that you bring up, which I thought was interesting, is inertia. Well, you know, our default reaction in life is not to find happiness. Our default reaction in life is not to find meaning. Our default reaction in life is inertia. We tend to do what we've been doing, go where we've been going, say what we've been saying. And my book, What Got You Here Won't Get You There, that's the premise of the book. 
you know, if you want to change, you can't just keep doing what you've been doing and expect to get different outcomes. You have to say, how can I change? And we fall into a trap that I call the superstition trap. I behave this way. I am successful. Therefore, I must be successful because I behave this way. No. Everyone I coach is ridiculously successful. They all behave the way they behave. And they're all successful because they do many things right. And in spite of doing some things that don't make any sense. Ah. And if we can't challenge ourselves, inertia just kicks in and we just keep doing what we've been doing. Mm-hmm. You bring up things like avoidance and, and uh, actually the wheel of change, I thought was one of the most memorable things. Would you mind just kind of giving, giving an explanation of the, the wheel of change and maybe we can talk through different parts of it? If you look at the concept of change, we can look at the two dimensions, positive and negative, and then the other was change or keep. And then we form four quadrants in the wheel of change. And the first quadrant is called positive change, creating. And if you think about your life, it's very important to say, all right, who do I want to become in the future? And what is the positive change in my life that I do want to create? Positive change. And we don't think about that enough. Most of us spend more time planning our vacation than we do planning our lives. The second quadrant is called positive keep preserving. And it's very important as we look at the new me that I want to become, what is it about the old me that I want to preserve or keep? Perhaps relationships or good habits or what is it that you don't want to change? What is it you want to preserve or keep? And, you know, I have a home in New York and I see in New York many people get so busy creating, in this case particularly wealth, they forget about preserving things mm-hmm. like health or family. And sometimes what we need to preserve is more important than what we want to create. So both are important. Then the third part of the wheel of change is called negative change, and that's eliminating. Hey, what do you want to get rid of? And it's very important because if we keep trying to create or preserve and we never eliminate, we run out of space. And then we're back into that problem I discussed, over constant overcommitment. So we need to consistently say, if I'm going to be something different, not just what am I going to put on the plate, what am I going to take off the plate? And then the final part is uh, negative keep, which most people have trouble understanding. Why would I keep something that's negative? Well, that's called accepting. We're not going to change everything in life. And it's very important to realize, where am I not going to make a difference? Where am I not going to make an investment for change? And Peter Drucker taught me our mission in life is to make a positive difference, not to prove how smart we are and not to prove how right we are. Before you deal with any topic, ask a question, am I willing at this time to make the investment required to make a positive difference on this topic? The answer is yes, go for it. The answer is no, take a deep breath and let it go. So the wheel of change talks about creating. It talks about preserving, it talks about eliminating, it talks about accepting. All four are very important as we plan our journey through life. You've gone through some research here on the difference between active and passive questions and how they affect our ability to actually catalyze change and overcome circumstances. So you might walk us through that? Yeah, I'll start with the daily questions, and then I'll get into the specifics of active versus passive questions. Uh, I'm now going to share something with your uh, listeners that takes three minutes a day, costs absolutely nothing. It's going to help them get better at almost anything. Now, some people are probably skeptical now, thinking three minutes a day costs nothing, help me get better at almost anything. Sounds too good to be true. Half the people that start doing this quit within two weeks. And they do not quit because it does not work. They quit because it does work. So I'm going to teach you now something that's very easy to understand in theory, very difficult to implement in practice, and then I'll share my own, some of my own questions. Uh, every day, of, here's your homework assignment. Get out an Excel spreadsheet. 
on one column, write down a series of questions that represent what's important in life, friends, family, direct reports, coworkers, uh, whatever it is, health. Every question must be answered with a yes, a no, or a number. Yes is recorded as one, no is a zero, or a number. Seven boxes across, one for every day of the week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Every day, fill it out. Well, at the end of the week, the Excel spreadsheet will give you a report card. I will warn your listeners in advance, the report card at the end of the week will not be quite as beautiful as a corporate values plaque that they have stuck up on the wall. You quickly learn life is incredibly easy to talk. Life is incredibly difficult to live. Well, I'm going to share some of my questions, and mine are not intended to be anybody else's. One of my daily questions, for example, is, how many times yesterday did you try to prove you were right when it wasn't worth it? I've almost never been zero my whole life. Kind of hard for that old professor not to be right all the time. How many angry or destructive comments did you make about people yesterday? How many minutes did you walk? How many push-ups? How many sit-ups? Did you say or do something nice for your wife, your son, your daughter? How many minutes did you write? My friend Jim Moore does this, and he would tell you it saved his life. It didn't kind of save his life or sort of save his life. It did save his life. One of his daily questions is, are you currently updated on your physical exam? First 90 days he did this, he said no every day. He finally said, this is embarrassing. I have to get the stupid exam or quit asking the question. I got the stupid exam. What the doctor say? You have cancer. Now, that was many years ago. It's going to be fine. The doctor also said, had you waited seven more months, you would have been dead. He knew he should have gotten a physical exam, but he didn't do it. Well, when you hold a mirror in front of your face every day, it's hard to hide. You realize the source of most of my problems would be me. Well, my daughter and I, my daughter Kelly is a PhD from Yale. She's a professor of marketing at the Kellogg School. We went over this together, and we were talking about the concept of employee engagement. And she said, everything about employee engagement is involved passive questions. Do you have clear goals, meaningful work? Or do you have a best friend at work? And she said, there's nothing wrong with passive questions. The problem is when we ask a passive question, people have a negative response. They blame the environment. She gave me the idea of asking active questions that begin with the phrase, did I do my best to? I'm now going to share my first six daily questions, talk about why they're important, and then share some of the research about this we've done and invite everyone to participate if they would like to. My first six questions, did I do my best to set clear goals? Not did somebody set goals for me, did I do my best to set my own goals? Number two, did I do my best to make progress toward achieving my goals? Did I do my best to find meaning rather than did someone give me meaning? Did I do my best to be happy? Did I do my best to build positive relationships? And finally, uh, did I do my best to be fully engaged? Six basic questions every day. Well, our research on this is pretty amazing. Uh, we've done research involving thousands of people. We have them fill out these questionnaires every day for 10 days. And what we've found is about 46% of the people 10 days later say I'm better at everything. Uh, about 75% said I got better at four items out of the six. Uh, I think 94% said I got better at something. 6% said no change, unless 1% say overall they got worse. Well, it's amazing these questions give me to focus not on what I cannot change. They give me to focus on what I can change. What's the one question in life I can't blame on somebody else? Did I do my best? Mm-hmm. That accountability, that self-accountability and having to reconcile that, that's why people stop doing it because it's its sort of uncomfortable to have to sit there for 90 days and, and admit you haven't done the thing. Exactly right. I pay a woman named Kate to call me on the phone every day. Every day she just listens to me read the questions I wrote, provide the answers I wrote every day. Somebody said, why do you pay a woman to call you? Don't you know the theory about how to change behavior? I wrote the theory about how to change behavior. Pay the woman to call me because uh, my name is Marshall Goldsmith. 
I'm the world's number one ranked executive coach. I pay a woman to call me every day. She listens to me read questions I wrote and provide answers I wrote every day. Why do I do this? Because I'm too cowardly to do this by myself and too undisciplined to do this by myself. I need help. It's okay. See, once we get over that macho willpower, I can do it on my own nonsense, we all need help. It's okay. My book triggers one thing I'm very proud of. 27 major CEOs endorsed that book. These included CEO of the Year in the United States, guy was ranked number three greatest leader in the world, winner of the Presidential Medal of Freedom, CEO of Pfizer, CEO of Best Buy, CEO of Target, President of the World Bank, on and on and on. Why am I so proud of that? 30 years ago, no CEO would admit to have an executive coach. They would have been ashamed to say, I need help. Today, these are all a bunch of great leaders who stand up on a regular basis and say, I need help and it's okay. That is a big shift. I do have one more question for you right now, Marshall. But before that, where do you want people to go to, to connect with you? Where would you point people to? Uh, the other thing is a couple, a couple things. One, my website, www.mynamemarshallgoldsmith.com. On LinkedIn, on YouTube, I've got you know hundreds of videos on YouTube. I give away all my material to help other people. So the last thing I wanted to ask you here is uh, the difference between self-discipline and self-control. Well, one is what I do and the other is kind of what I don't do. And I think it's very important to look at both. For example, uh, what I do could be something like I have the discipline on a regular basis to say something nice to someone. Uh, what I don't do is I don't lose control when I speak. Uh, my good friend Francis Hesselbein said, you know, why should I be entrusted to control someone else if I can't even control myself? I, one of my daily questions, do I avoid speaking when angry or out of control? So I think both are very, very important. And as we journey through life, very important, before I speak again, breathe. Am I willing to this time to make the effort required to make a positive, or the investment required to make a positive difference on this topic? If the answer is yes, do it. If the answer is no, let it go. We waste so much of our lives dealing with issues that we're not going to change anyway. I mean, I have a home in New York. One of my neighbors from my condominium was a young woman named Lindsay Lohan. Huh. How many millions of hours were wasted around the world? People reading Lindsay Lohan got drunk, Lindsay Lohan got stoned, Lindsay Lohan was in a car wreck. Well, you know, when people talk about Lindsay Lohan, I always say one thing. If you ever think Lindsay Lohan is a loser, she is not wasting her life reading about you. Well, you know, learning point, live your own life. <laughs> she had a great life. You know, don't live Lindsay Lohan's life or some movie star or some celebrity or some politician. Live your own life. Live your own life. Marshall, thank you so much for your work and just for your incredible clarity and insight into the psyche of what enables people to really take action and make change in their life. Thank you. If you enjoy this podcast, please make sure to subscribe. And to stay updated on everything that the Action Catalyst is up to, make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Action Catalyst Podcast and on Twitter at Catalyst underscore Action. And thanks for listening.